what's going on out there? How y'all doing today? Welcome to Let's Talk on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Talk in the House. That's right, y'all. I'm here. And that's right. We got our sound together. And we're doing all right today. How y'all doing out there? It's Monday. Aren't you glad you're here? <laughs> I tell you, I tell you, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'm glad I'm here. <laughs> yes, sir, buddy. What a great day. What a great day. All right, man. Hey, we're we going to talk about some things today. Uh, I what I put in the uh the episode information on the thing on on the, the screen the shows page but uh you know I got to thinking um the other day we were talking a little bit about um judge justice Scalia and his comment about about uh, education and um black students and uh the university system and I, I, over the weekend, I sat back, and I had to think about that thing, man, because it, it really bothered me. So what did I do? Hey, we, we went and dug up some statistics, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that thing in depth because uh, it's very interesting what he had to say. And actually, <laughs> like I said before, he may have a little – he may have – he may be on to something. I don't know, you know, I know some of y'all say, well, that was my kind of racist of what he said. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if it was racist, him being racist, or just stating fact. You know, but we're going to talk about that a little bit today. So I hope y'all ready for a great conversation and discussion because that's what we're going to have here on um, affirmative action and black college students and HBCUs, for those that don't know what that is, historically black university and colleges compared to the white so-called uh, super colleges, uh, graduation rates and things of that nature as they relate to the black community. So that we'll be talking about today, and uh, I can't wait. I really can't, man. So I hope y'all are ready for uh, a good time. Okay, I see I got the boom one in East Coast. All right, you're here joining with me. Thank y'all for joining. All right, so if you want to be a part of the show today and you got something you want to say, there's a couple of ways you can do that. And um, I, I encourage you to call in at 347-838-8622. Press the number one on your keypad. Let me know you want to talk to me. And... Um, we can have our conversation. Also, you can email me at ericletstalk at gmail.com. You can email, email me throughout the show, which is good. You can email me after the show, which is good also. <laughs> Man, y'all wouldn't believe the emails I get sometimes. <laughs> I think sometimes I'm going to start reading them. So y'all just <laughs> some of them are hilarious. Uh, but some of them are informative. Like East Coast. East Coast he email me all the time. And, uh, yeah, he sent me videos and things. I get back with him letting know I watched it or what I thought about it. So, like I say, if you want to email me, no problem. Eric, let's talk at gmail.com. Also, there's our chat room. Our chat room. And it's www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mr. Talk. Uh, those are all the ways you can participate on the show today while we're on the air live. And I look forward to hearing from each and every one of you. All right. 
<laughs> okay, for those that's been looking at the the the, um, the, the uh, web page, I do apologize. I still haven't updated it, and uh, man, I tell you, it's just been a busy weekend. I have so many projects going on, but I will get to that. I promise you. I promise you. I promise you. All right. So anyway, other than that, man, I'm looking forward for a great, looking forward to a great show, and um, I just can't wait to get get this thing started. <laughs> yes, sir, buddy. Um, let's see what we got. We got a song of the day for you. I haven't decided which song I'm gonna play yet, but we got a couple. <laughs> oh, whichever one I don't play first, I'll play it at the end of the day. So either way, you will hear both of them. Uh, uh, let's see what else. Um, I think that's about it for right now. Um, you know. Oh yes, 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 yes. Um. There's, you know what, parents and family members are, are very interesting creatures. There are, they are, and you know, I, I'm gonna play you a clip here um, after the song of the day, where this kid robbed a store, was robbing a store, okay, and there was a, a gentleman there that was a C, um, a concealed um, and carry licensed individual. Okay, and he shot the kid. He shot him five times. Well, he shot at him five times. I think he hit him twice. Um, but the interesting part of it was the family is upset with the guy for shooting him, saying he should have minded his own business. Now, <laughs> it really tickled me. And I'm like, look, not a month before your your relative who had a gun at this uh, this employee's head, was just arrested for robbery. So you mad at this guy for shooting him, and it's just crazy. But we're going to talk, we're going to, I'm going to play that clip for you, after, like I said, after the song of the day, and we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. So, but it's amazing. It's just amazing how, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tell you, man, it's just crazy the way people think sometimes. And maybe I'm I'm on the outside looking in. Maybe I'm the one thinking crazy. But either way, we're going to play it for you, and um, we're going to make it happen, all right? But before we go, uh, before we get into any of that, it's time for the song of the day. And I think we're going to do Frankie Beverly and Mays, the, um, the first song called We Are One. And, uh, man, I tell you, I love this song right here. I really do. <laughs> I really do. Uh, I think sometimes we need to play it as, as far as the black community remind each other that we are one, you know, but it is what it is. So without further ado, man, here it is. Your song of the day, Frankie Beverly and Mays, We Are One.
it was your song of the day, Frankie Beverly, featuring May. We are one. Man, that guy got a smooth voice, don't he? <laughs> Remind me of when I was singing back in the day. <laughs> yeah. You can buy my records, man. They out there in shower <laughs> on the label shower.com. <laughs> oh, anyway. All right, man. Welcome back to the show. This is Let's Talk on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Talk in the House. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, what a great day. It's Monday. Aren't you glad you're here? <laughs> That's right, because you're breathing. That's right. I'm glad you're here. That's right. I'm glad you're here. I wish no bad luck on no one. All right. Anyway, let's see. We got Dubu One and East Coast in the chat room. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us. Uh, Glad to have you here. Glad to have you here. And everybody else out there listening on your different devices, thank you for listening as as well. And those out there that be listening on your devices later on, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, because you are greatly appreciated that you are. Um. Um, well, I thought I had him there. Okay, yeah, I know I saw him. He must be busy. But anyway, hey, man, if you want to be a part of the show, just give us a call, 347-838-8622. Email me, ericblesstalk at gmail.com. And don't forget our chat room, which is open, www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mr. Talk. All right, now, as I said before the song of the day, I'm going to play this little clip right here. And uh, uh, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm not going to say anything else about this clip until after I play it. And then we're going to talk about this a little bit, okay? We also are going to talk a little bit about um, Justice Scalia and his comments that were made Friday. Uh, there has been a little clarification to what he said. Um. And we're going to talk a little bit about about that as far as uh, young black um, students that's trying to go to um, school, higher institutions of higher learning, as they call it. And uh, as far as what he said, and we're going to look at some statistics, and we're just going to have a a general discussion about it. Um, As I mentioned before, I, I think he, what he said, really has some merit to it. And uh, but that's getting ahead of myself here. All right. So without further ado, man, I'm going to play this clip. (laughs) And uh, after this clip, we're going to get into the conversation. All right. So get your pencil paper out, man. Take notes uh, because this is going to make you just blow your mind. All right. So here's the clip. It was just instinct, man. It happened so quick. I didn't want to shoot him. But when I saw him swing around so fast, I didn't want to get shot either. That's what a customer who opened fire on a would-be robber inside a dollar store told Fox 10 News last night. Well, tonight, the family of that suspected thief is lashing out. And last night, you heard exclusively from the customer who stepped in to rescue store employees that were held at gunpoint. Well, the family of that man says he shouldn't have gotten involved. Fox 10 News reporter Andrew Perez has more. From his hospital bed at USA Medical Center, 18-year-old Adric White waits for a jail bed. The teen already has robbery charges hanging over his head from September. On Tuesday, officials believe White struck again, but this time was different. He had the gun, uh, gun to his head. He had him on his knees. 
I drew my gun on him and I said, hey, don't move. Um, at that point, he swung around, and before he had a chance to aim the gun at me, I, I fired. A customer who were not identifying was shopping at the Family Dollar on Stanton Road when he says he saw White holding employees at gunpoint. The customer pulled out his own gun and fired five times. While police say it was completely legal, White's family says they're angry. If his life was not in danger, if no one had a gun up to him, if no one pointed a gun at him, what gives him the right to think that it's okay to just shoot someone? You should have just left the store and left and went wherever you had to go, in your car or whatever. Originally, we had interviewed White's parents about the cases, but they later called demanding that we not air it. Two robberies in two months, we asked one relative her thoughts about the accusations. We don't know. Like I said, we don't know anything. We only know what we've been hearing secondhand through the news, so I would not like to come in because I don't know. As he recovers from his gunshot wounds and prepares for what's to come, the Baldwin County District Attorney's Office is filing to have his bond revoked. They want White kept in jail and prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Now, White's family told us that he was hanging with the wrong people and needed help. They believe he didn't deserve to be shot. His last alleged robbery was at the original Oyster House on the Causeway. Officials say he even had the same M.O. To tell you about here on Fox 10 News at 9. A good Samaritan who shot a suspected robber at a local business last night is only talking to Fox 10 News. That man was shopping at a store when a masked gunman came in and held the employees at gunpoint. Instead of hiding, though, the customer stepped in to help. Fox 10 News reporter Andrew Perez caught up with the guy tonight. Andrew, you say he really opened up during your conversation. Yeah, he did, Bob Lanise. And one of the first things that he told me was he didn't want to shoot the alleged gunman. We're not revealing his identity for safety reasons. He told me, though, he's never had to use his weapon before last night. It was just instinct, man. It happened so quick. I didn't want to shoot him. But when I saw him swing around so fast, I didn't want to get shot either. There were choices this customer who were not identifying says he made in seconds. While inside the family dollar on Stanton Road last night, he noticed a masked gunman walking an employee to the front of the store. He could have easily hidden, he could have easily run away and called for help. Instead, he says he moved in closer. He had the gun, uh, gun to his head, he had him on his knees. Uh, drew my gun on him and I said, hey, don't move. Um, at that point, he swung around and before he had a chance to aim the gun at me, I, I fired. He shot him five times in all. The gunman survived. Police say the suspect had surprised employees who were unloading supplies in the back, a situation that could have ended terribly for the innocent workers, but didn't, thanks to a good Samaritan. Now get this, the whole time that this was happening, this good Samaritan says that his daughter and his girlfriend, they were in the car outside of the store, and still he didn't give it a second thought tonight. Many are calling him a hero. I mean, it is sad, you know, you have to really look over your shoulder. I'd want to help them too. Don't know that I'd take that approach. The man says he's been training with his firearm for years, but never had to use it. Looking back, he says he'd step in to help all over again. They tend to think that they're the only ones with guns. Uh, I've been legally carrying my firearm for a little over four years now, and thank God I've never had to use it until, you know, of course, last night. Uh, but it just goes to show that it can work. It's good to have uh, concealed carry. You know, you never know when you're going to need it. And now authorities also say a second man was seen running from the store. So this investigation is still ongoing. Employees told me 
They were very lucky that this man stepped in, Lenise. Wow, what a story. Thanks, Andrew. We're also learning more tonight about the suspected robber. It turns out the 18-year-old was arrested just a few weeks ago on another robbery charge. According to Mobile police documents, the alleged bandit is this guy right here, Adric White. Now, this is White's mugshot that was taken at the Baldwin County Jail back in September. That's when he was charged with robbing the original Oyster House on the Causeway. Spanish Fort Police say White and another man held up the manager and employees at gunpoint before stealing the night deposit money. He was released on bond less than a month ago. All right. <laughs> there you go. That was a clip uh, from a newscast out of Mobile, Alabama. Mobile, Alabama. And uh, but did you hear the? Did you hear the, the? I don't know what who this was. This woman was family member. But did you hear what she had to say? Did you hear what she said? If he wasn't in danger, he should have just walked out and minded his own business. Well, excuse me, but your family member in there has um, innocent people at gunpoint. <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of with the with the with the, um, the, 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 the 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 good Samaritan. Do you think you're the only one walking around here with, with a weapon? Really, <laughs> man. You know, and people never surprises me. But you know, when you look at a situation like this, though, and all joking aside, um, that gives a little validity to. Uh, um, conceal and carry. You know, why not? In this case, he fired first. You know, he was in, hey, he stopped him from robbing him, right? That's right. So he was within his rights, I guess. But, <laughs> you know, I, I was more ticked off at the family member talking about if it didn't concern him. Well, yes, it concerned me. No, um, East Coast say, <laughs> let's everybody get concealed carry. Why not? Why not? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. The only problem, you know, um, in this instance, it, it turned out all right. It turned out all right. But what if it had just been a, a straight-up Wild West type of shootout? You know, innocence could have been hurt. That's true. But in, in this instance, I think, uh, it made a, a very valid point as far as concealing carry. You know, you can stop some some bad stuff from happening. You know, I hated that the young man had to end up getting some um, getting shot, and then to find out that he had um, he was out on bond from a previous robbery is really sad. It's sad. No, but I, I thought that was very interesting, very interesting um, 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 situation down there in Mobile, Alabama. What are your thoughts on that? What do y'all think about that? Was he within his rights to shoot him, or should he have walked out? Should he have walked out and and left the situation as is? Could you have done that if you had a weapon on you, you had a concealed carry license? Could you have just walked, looked at that and walked down and said, eh, it's none, none of my business? Interesting, huh? Things that make you go home. 
Hey, the phone lines open, 347-838-8622. We're going to talk about this a little while before we get into um, Justice Scalia and his comments on blacks and, and going to major universities. All right. I see we have one hand up, so let me go on and bring them in here real quick. All right. Triple one, this is Joe. What's going on, Joe? How you doing today? Hey, Eric, what's up? How you doing? <laughs> I know this is right up your alley right here. Oh, is it ever. <laughs> I haven't heard such a stupid remark from a woman in such a long time. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> now, I'm all for family protecting family members, right? Mm-hmm. But right. for a woman to say, well... He shouldn't have shot him. He should have just gone on his way, gotten into gotten into his car, and whatever. This his son has got um, either one or two um, employees on the ground, on or on their knees, with a gun to their head. Maybe could have shot them just because. And here's a guy, a good Samaritan, takes out a gun, acting courageously. I think he would have been in his rights just to shoot the guy in the back, but instead he said, "Stop." So he's given the guy a chance to put down the gun, but no, genius there has to turn around. So if he's turning around, naturally the guy with the gun, the good Samaritan, is in fear of his life. To me, it's a wrap. I would love to hear the other side of the story from anybody calling in, because then I want to give them an IQ test. (laughs) You know what, Joe, And I have to say I agree with you on that. Uh, he He was within his right. You know, uh, and I guess that's why I posed the question. Could you have? Would you have done the same thing? I might have you know? shot the guy right in the head. No. <laughs> well, I mean, that been kind of taking it to the extreme, don't you think? No, because the guy has a gun out. He has people down on their knees. A robber comes in, usually takes the cash register money and leaves. This guy takes his time to put people down on their knees. He's terrifying them, right? Right. So if he's terrifying them, he just might have uh, the kind of mindset to shoot them. Um, I might have shot the guy right in the head. Now, I'm not a cop. My cop has a uh, protocol to follow. A mm-hmm. citizen, look, you, you show a gun in a robbery, I don't know what the law says about it, but as far as I'm concerned, if you've got a gun out in your room and you're terrifying um, innocent people, shoot the mother in the head. Well, and, and you know the thing about it is, this Samaritan he he warned him before he, you know he warned him before he shot him though, <laughs> yeah. and yes, and, and yes, the both of these individuals were African American or black, as I say, yes, they were both black. Okay, so there is no white on black or black on white. Both of them were black. Okay, and <laughs> you know, I, I, basically. It was a good thing. I, I can't say anything other than, yeah, he did. I, to me, he did the right thing. He really did. Yeah, like I said, it's sad that the young man had to, you know, get five pieces of lead put in him. But maybe that's a wake-up call for him. Maybe he will wake up and realize, you know, whatever life he's trying to lead is not for him. You know. and But for that family member to call in and, and say, well, he should have minded his own business. Uh, really? Really? Knowing, look, knowing that he was already out on bond for robbery, a previous robbery. <laughs> I, I mean, how can you justify that? How can you justify that? But you know what? If the good Samaritan had decided to go away, right, maybe you take the other door out if it was another door. That was his other option, too. 
and maybe you couldn't blame him if he wanted to just go outside, call the cops. I think he had his girlfriend and somebody else in the car. Right. But even if there was nobody else in the car, he could have taken that option to get out of there to be in safety and call the cops from uh, from a safe distance. Either option was a good option. Hmm. Yeah, I guess you could say yeah. That 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 is another. That would have been another option. <laughs> that would have been another option. And I guarantee you, somebody's going to call him and say, "Well, he should have taken that option, and he should not have drawn out his gun." And the other, and that person will say, "See what happens when you have guns? You've got violence." Well. If you call the cops, the cops come after somebody either dies or the, or the store is robbed. This guy, if you have people with concealed carry, they can take care of the situation. They can protect themselves and others. So, yeah, Eric, you're right. This is my topic. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, it, it it turned out good. That's all I can say. It turned out good. Yeah, robbery was prevented. You know, well, it turned out good for the employees anyway. It didn't turn out good for the robber. You well, know, it shouldn't just... have turned out good for him. <laughs> but see, what the fellow mentioned, there was a, another person there too, but he took off running. So I guess he he <laughs> he realized it just wasn't going going right for him. Well, if he doesn't have a gun, what's he going to do? Hey, that's he's going to get a can of spray paint or raid and say, halt, stop what <laughs> you're doing. <laughs> if he could, if he could have eased up behind him, you know. But oh, you know yeah, that, that that just, you know, that just adds another another um, part of uh, um, you know another piece to uh, the gun law, gun battle that you know everybody is talking about lately. Yeah. You know, yeah, in this, yeah, in, in this know. case, I, I say it's a positive for having a concealed, you know, concealed carry. Now, I, I, I guess it would have been a little cloudier if he didn't have a concealed carry license. Then, you know, there would have been an issue. But since he did have one, he was legal within his rights. I'm sure. But like I said, somebody's going to call him or somebody's going to make some stink on the air, if not on your show, about, well, even if he did have a concealed carry. Look at all the availability of guns. Look at that, um, gun violence. We need gun control. Yeah. Say <laughs> so we need gun control, huh? Yeah, that's what some people are gonna say. Well, you know yeah, what? I, I never. But you know what? Though I must admit, I never thought about it until I, I saw this story right here. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and what really attracted me to the story was the family member talking about he should have minded his, you know, <laughs> his own business. You know, to I actually thought about it, I'm like, well, you know, it, it kind of. You know, that kind of leads a little credence to what people say. You know, if someone else has a, a weapon, you know, you yeah, can't prevent that things from happening, right? Yeah. You can. You know, here's a prime example. As a matter of fact, I quoted a statistic on your show before where there are more crimes being prevented by people with guns, citizens with guns, than with than cops. I, you know what? And uh, you probably right. Now that I, yeah. Yeah. All right. So that lends credence to the to the theory that more people should be having guns because then if more idiots uh, who are who are intent on, harm, on harming people um, get into the fray, then the uh, citizens 
to just pull out their guns and prevent uh, prevent the crime, or at least prevent the crime from growing into a more dis- uh, disastrous type of situation. Uh-huh. Yeah. I- I'm with you, Joe. I'm with you now. I'm with you. But this was a prime example uh, of actually how it, how it can be prevented. I don't think too many people going to... Excuse me. Too many people going to go against... Um, <laughs> who's what we just heard. You want I'll bet you Mays Mays will show up and I'll bet you she'll be on the side of the um of not having a gun at all. <laughs> well I don't I don't know. I'm not gonna say about Mays. I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> now she may have said he should have walked out. You know, but you know, it's not it's not fair to say what Mays would say because she's not here right now. So oh, she'll be here. She'll be here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So anyway, so that was that. I just had, you know, I just thought it was really ridiculous of what the family member said. You know, <laughs> his mother should have been uh, should have been pistol whipped herself. I'd like to know what kind of mindset oh, she oh, had. Oh, 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 oh. We're not saying it was. The, you heard what he said. The parents. It was a relative. It was not the mother. Or the it was the mother. Oh, oh okay. So no, you can't say that. It was right. a relative. That's all it would say. It was a relative. Stupid relative thing. Well, no, the other guy should have walked out, minded his own business, so that so that her nephew could um, could continue robbing the store. What is she stupid? You know what? Okay, think about it though. That that is funny. Well, we don't know what happened except for what we hear on the news. Uh, no, he was shot right there in the store with the. Yeah. You know, but we don't know what happened. Okay. See, and I think that's that's an example of uh, taking tragedy from other cases and trying to make it fit into something where it doesn't fit. In other words, trying to take a square peg and fill it in a round hole. It's just yeah. not going to work. You know, and oh. I think maybe that, that was the thought process here. Well, it was. And there are people who, um, you know, take a look at their nephews, sons, et cetera, and see them in a hospital having been shot and say, well, my poor baby, he's such a good boy. He never would have done it. Yeah, yeah, like, you're right. I know my son. Yeah, you know your son. Shut up. You know what, though? That's interesting because that that is something that you hear a lot of. Oh, yeah. After the fact. After the fact. <laughs> I know my son would have done this. Well, your son's in the hospital being shot. Well, it's a case of mistaken identity. We have him on camera. The camera's not working properly. <laughs> You know, East Coast um, in the chat room puts up really interesting. He said, with open and concealed carry, you're putting yourself into situations of making life-death decisions. Are you personally prepared for that? Now, that 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 is a good point, East Coast. Very good point. Um, me, yes. <laughs> yes, I can say I am. I would be prepared for that. But the average Joe, I don't know. I don't know. In this case, this guy said he's carried for years, you know, trained and everything. So, I mean, I guess he was prepared for that. And first off, you don't put yourself in a dangerous position. The position is thrust upon you. If you're in a store and somebody else has got a gun and they're pointing it at other people, it, he didn't point it at other people because the Good Samaritan had a gun or did not have a gun. Mm-hmm. He's going to be in a dangerous situation regardless, right? Right. If he doesn't, if he doesn't carry the gun, 
he's in a dangerous situation. If he has the gun, he's in a dangerous situation. But let's say, for example, he didn't have a gun. Now, the gunman hears him, turns around. What would be better for the Good Samaritan to have a gun or not to have a gun at that um, at that time? Hmm. Well, hmm. Very good point. You know, it's interesting because when I go in little mom-and-pop grocery stores, I think about that, too. And, you know, I always search around for something I can use just in case, mm. you know, just in case. Like a can of soup or something. You know, little cans, them cans hurt when you hit somebody with them. So, you know, I guess that's just me thinking the way I've been trained. But, yeah, if you, you know, you you have your weapon on you, mm. you know, hopefully you are prepared to use it if it comes to that. You know, in this case, uh, he warned the guy first. Hey, put you know, put you that. Yeah, and the guy swung on him, That's and like right. he said, he didn't want to be shot, so he shot him. You know, right. I, and somebody else also. I know somebody else is going to take a look, take a look at the situation and say, but he shot him five times. Well, when you've got somebody pointing a gun at you, your adrenaline is um, is racing. You're not going to say, well, I shot him once, let me stop. No. You shoot to defend yourself. Now, if the guy dies, he dies. Hmm. Well, you know, I don't think he... <laughs> Joe, that's kind of to the extreme there. I don't think anyone is really... I don't think you should shoot to kill. You know, unless it's definitely... Oh, really? Yeah. Think, see, you've been in combat. Now, if you were inside the store, and the guy, and you see this guy swinging around, I can almost guarantee you're going to think of this guy swinging around in slow motion while you've got the gun. Because you've been in combat. Now, maybe it would have been sped up, but I'm thinking it would have been in slow motion. And at the same time, you were going to shoot him five times. Yeah, well, you know, once you pull the trigger, it's automatic from there. There you go. You know, I mean, you're not just going to fire one time and look to see if you hit him or not. Of course not. You know, cause Your life is in danger. Yeah. Somebody's got a gun pointed at you. You're going to try to find, figure out, let me think now. Is he going to shoot me? Is he a good guy? The gun's pointed at you. You don't think about whether or not that, that idiot is going to try to... Um, uh, be a nice guy. You're going to shoot to kill. Right. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, East Coast said, um, I guarantee you that guy was in the minority. you right, East Coast. Because I, I do believe some, most, some people, the majority, if they would have been in that situation, they probably would have left and then came back, you know? I'm just saying. Or called the, the, the authorities. And let well, them have. Yeah, but that's the option that you do have. But if this man, as they said, was a hero, he stopped um, a potential killing. Because I'm thinking, those people are down on their knees. Yeah. You know, that is a thought, though. That is a thought. You know, what would you, what would you do if you were placed in that situation? Mm-hmm. For those that, that, you know, don't that don't have the proper training or what have you. That that would be very interesting. I would like to see a case where the guy, a government, just gets shot without a warning, 
Um, and they try to accuse the the Good Samaritan of um, second degree murder and try to put, bring him up on charges. That would be interesting. If I were a juror, I would I would acquit him in thirty seconds. Uh, I think uh, okay. Uh, clarify that one a little bit. Clarify that that joke. Okay. Well, this guy in this situation, he mm-hmm. warned the guy. The guy heard him, turned around, got shot. Mm-hmm. Now, the gunman is not going to be charged. Well, you never really know. But I'm going to assume the gunman is not charged. It's all going to be charged with any um, any crime whatsoever. Now, right. we know about this situation. Now, suppose there's a good Samaritan there, and he sees the gunman with people on the knees, and he just shoots the guy in the head. Okay? Mm. Now, the prosecutor um, could say, well, You've killed the man. Now the man wasn't pointing a gun at you. You're going to be charged with second-degree homicide. Probably not part of a second-degree homicide. I, if I were on the jury, I would acquit the guy because I would say, look, he saved a life. And if he didn't know if the guy was going to pull the trigger or not, um, the uh, people on their knees, um, all the more reason for him to just take the guy out. Hmm. Good point. Good point. Uh, that would be an interesting case. It really sure would. <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, hmm. I don't know. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to research that and, and see. Does an uh, individual with a concealed carry have to give a warning before firing? That, that, uh, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, that would be something to research. Yeah, that that would be. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, what's the other point? What's the other story you want to get into? Something else uh, that you want? Yeah, uh, I was gonna say I don't think nobody's gonna touch that one there. <laughs> it's <laughs> dry. Um, <laughs> Judge Scalia in his comments. Uh, okay. All right. Friday. Mm-hmm. Friday. Yeah. Uh, about affirmative action and um, uh, blacks in colleges and things mm-hmm. of that nature. Yeah. You know that you know that that was a very interesting statement, and do you know what this thing? It, it kind of bothered me this weekend to think about what he was saying and how how it it came out. Mm-hmm. You know, so I had to go and look at a, a few more articles. You know, as far as what did he really say and how did he say it, and mm-hmm. uh, it's interesting. It really is, and, and his point that he was trying to make. I, I could see how he could think that. I really could. But here's um, some of what he had to say. Um, uh, Justice Anton Scalia has asked whether it might be better for black students to go to a slower track school where they do where they will do well than to go to a highly selective college like the University of Texas through some form of racial preference. He went on to say, I don't think so. It stands to reason it's a good thing for the University of Texas to to admit as many blacks as possible. Now, remember, this is, is, is um, a statement he made in regards to an you know, affirmative action uh, suit brought by this young lady, that uh, <laughs> this white young lady, because uh, she didn't get in the, the University of Texas. Uh-huh. Okay. She didn't get in. 
and she felt that uh, affirmative action kept her from getting in. Mm. Okay, this was in the 2012. 2012. Yeah. Now, granted, she's she's already uh, graduated from the Louisiana State University, LSU, mm-hmm. but you know she's she just pushing it because her case yeah, because there's money involved. Yeah. yeah. Well, not really no money because she's she's losing all the cases. That's why it's at the Supreme Court. <laughs> you know, but she want them to overturn it. Um, and the, the, you know the the um, court, the lower court, ruled against her, and they sent it to the Supreme Court before, and the Supreme Court sent it back down to the lower court, told them to look at it again. Right. So you know, so now it's back at the Supreme Court, and they decide to hear it. And um, a lot of people felt that uh, Scalia, you know, his comments were kind of of uh, uh, racist, I guess you can say. But, yeah, uh, but I, from what you from what you've read, it doesn't seem to me that it is. It seems to yeah. me that he's saying that if uh, if a black student doesn't have good marks, he didn't say that, but that's probably what he means. If a black student doesn't have good marks and is getting into a college simply because of affirmative action, that student, black or white, who doesn't have good marks, did not make the uh, the, uh, the cut in terms of the SAT uh, minimum requirements, would be better off going to a school where he's more academically uh, prepared rather than going to a school where he might have to take remedial classes or, or catch up for a while. Right, right, right. That's, that's pretty much what it is. Um, but apparently there has been a, a long discussion or debate over this thing that's called mismatch theory of college admissions. Mm-hmm. And um, the people for the mismatch effect say that large allowances based on a student's race are harmful to those who receive them, that they learn less than they would if they attended a college more closely matched to their level of academic preparation, receive lower grades, become academically discouraged, and socially segregated. All right? That's what the people for it say. Now, those against it say that the mismatch research is based on flawed assumptions that cannot be validated by other researchers and that the evidence is more likely to show that all students, regardless of race, benefit from enrolling at the most challenging college that will accept them. Now, I'm personally going to say that's hogwash. (laughs) Okay? That's hogwash. You know, because if you're not, you know, someone who's been to quite a few universities, uh, if you're not prepared for what the, the, the for the, the the curriculum or, or you know the studies, you you're not gonna make it. You're not. I don't yeah. care you know, what what high school you come from. You know, if you may be in the top ten percent of of you know your high school or a graduate, uh, or what. Uh, uh, but the, but or valedictorian. valedictorian. Yeah. yeah. But you get into uh, one of these um, so-called high, you yeah, know, uh, either, either Ivy League or a good second-tier yeah. school, yeah. You know, and, and you're just not prepared because you haven't been prepared uh, on from, the, from you know, the lower levels, high school on up. So it may be your benef- to your benefit to go to uh, a junior college or what have you first. You know, instead of trying to, but it, it's it's the, the there was a um, a woman here, what's mm. her name? Um, Rachel Kleiman. Um, mm. 
through Sync Council for NAACP Legal Defense Educational Fund, um, who submitted a brief in support of the university on behalf of his black student allowance. And she said that Mr. Scalia also might have been disparaging the quality of historically black colleges and universities when he said that most of the black scientists in this country don't come from schools like the University of Texas. Uh, rather, the justice continue, they come from lesser schools where they do not feel that they're, that they're being pushed ahead in, in classes that are too, too fast for them. Okay. Well, well, if that's true, then I don't think that's being racist. If he's, if the statistic is true, if most of black scientists or engineers or innovators are coming from colleges um, that aren't second tier, but let's say third tier or junior colleges, then that's a fact. Um, yeah, actually it is. And here, here it is right here. Um, 70% of Africa, of America's black doctors have a degree from an HBCU along with 35% of black lawyers and 50% of black engineers and teachers. Okay? Mm-hmm. So uh, there it is right there. <laughs> there it is right there. I mean, nobody's saying, I mean, from his statement, I think his statement was taken out of context, basically, because he's not saying that, you know, the lower HBCUs are inferior or anything like that. What he is saying is, you know, sometimes it's just better. Well, yeah, he's saying that if um, if a college um, has a curriculum which is being taught at a slower pace than a black or a white student that doesn't have the minimum SAT scores to get into another college, should go to a college where he'll be able to learn at a pace in which he'll feel comfortable, absorb the information, and when he graduates, he'll know. Right. I don't think it's it's to me it's cut and dry. I don't. What's the controversy? Well, you know controversy because he. <laughs> anyway, um, here's an example of a young lady, Christy Nora. She's 21. She's a senior at the University of Texas and a member of the Black Student Alliance. Um, that was admitted because she happened to be in the top 10 percent of students at her school, her high school. Right. Um, she is a humanities major, uh-huh. and in a program, you know, that was sent her to medical school. Once she finished, she, she graduated. Um, and basically, she said the prestige had been a factor in her deciding to go to the University of Texas. I think it goes to the value of my degree. She said it's one of the most recognizable college brands. We have a strong alumni network which ranges all across the world. So it's not about. It, 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 to her, it was you know, yeah. it's more about the status, you know, the status of the University of Texas, which is a name. That's not to say that HBCUs are less inferior. It's mm-hmm. not, but you know, in order to to get some stuff started, you know, somebody has to claim this or that. But I, I think now I know somebody's gonna agree with me. Hey, the lines open. Y'all want to talk about this? Come on, three four seven eight two eight eight six two two. You know, come on, let's talk about it. I'm not running from you. Because I think what Scalia said it actually made a little sense. It mm-hmm. does. Well, who's on the line? Uh, we got quite a few. Oh, but they okay. listen. That's good. They listen. Oh, that's, oh, that's all they want to do? All right. Yeah. Listen, hey, I have no problem with that. I love it when they listen. They mean learn something. <laughs> <laughs> Let me stop. Like, I know that much. But anyway, um, you know, um. He is not saying blacks should 
um, yeah. off, um, should choose a lower saying, school. Right, right. He's not saying blacks are inferior, uh, shouldn't be going to the University of Texas. What he's saying is basically, uh, you know, basically. If blacks with, back, uh, with bad marks are getting into colleges because of um, affirmative action, can they make it there? Sure. Sure. But I'm sure there's another percentage of blacks, just as there's another percentage of uh, of whites, who let's say again their daddies pay for them to go to school, but they don't have the marks. Now yeah. they get into that same college, and they don't belong in that college, but they're only there because their daddy pays for them. They're going to suffer some sort of academic setback. It's going to they're going to find it harder to keep up, and they should have gone to a junior college. Now I- I'm tell y'all something, man. <laughs> <laughs> it is, uh, well, I, I don't care. They may get mad at me. They'll be all right. You know, uh, in my family, uh, my brother and sister, you know, they went to a university, one of the top name universities, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Both of them flunked out. Flunked mm-hmm. out. You know, and <laughs> and it, the, the the crazy part about it was, it was like, uh, I got asked if I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I told him straight up, no. Uh-huh. And not that I, I couldn't go out because I wouldn't have flunked out, number one. But the mm-hmm. thing was, I know I wasn't ready to go. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, and and I think a lot of times what happens is you get caught up in 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 the um, hype or you know the the family pressure. Right. You know, you know that you have to go to this top name university. Hey, it's nothing wrong with going to a junior college. It's nothing. Yeah, it's nothing wrong with that. You know, mm-hmm. go to the junior college. You know, get a. You know, get used to the college life and then transfer. Yeah. No, you know, uh, you, just because it says the University of Texas, and, and just because, uh, um, oh boy, I'm gonna get in trouble now. Just because they say, yeah, come on, we'll take you, don't mean you should go. It's just that simple. It doesn't mean you should go. Yeah, I mean, there are percentages of people who are attending colleges that are probably um, too advanced for them. And if they yeah. go, and if they can't keep up, they flunk out. So, right. yeah, why not go to the junior college, okay, adapt to the junior college uh, type of atmosphere, and then transfer so that now you're acquainted with how college operates. Maybe you'll do better if you put your mind to the grindstone. Uh-huh. Yep. People say the nose the grindstone. I think mine. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. The mine is good. <laughs> you know. And you know, but you know, an interesting statistic is only nine percent of black students are choosing to go to a HBCU. So only nine percent. That that's interesting in itself. I don't understand that stat. If it's if it's a black college, where did the nine percent come in? Wouldn't it be ninety nine percent going to a black college? It used to, but see, and, and that's the perception that HBCUs are on a lower level than uh-huh. University of Texas, Yale, Harvard, and all that. Well, doesn't Grambling, Morehouse, and what's the other one? Howard, don't they have good reputations? Yeah. The only problem is they they don't have the money. They 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 run low on uh-huh. money. But anyway, but I aren't they good second tier huh? schools? Yeah, they're great schools. Oh, huh? well, there you yeah. go. Yeah, Howard. Yeah, but that is what it is. But let me bring these other two individuals in here first. All right, first I'm gonna bring Sister Ngoni. Welcome to the show. How are you? Well, 
you. Thank you. I'm good, and thank you for taking my call. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for asking. How are you doing? Hey, going. How are you doing? I'm good. Now, you know, I got in late, a half an hour, so please forgive me if I'm asking a question that's already been uh, covered. I, I was listening for a while, and I uh-huh. wonder if the um, subject of culture uh, has been brought up in, you know, in, in discussing the topic, it's, uh, you know, and raising the question about why so many are not going to historically black colleges. And also I want to make this comment that um, I read an article where um, at some of the historically black colleges, um, LGBT lifestyle is becoming a problem on the college to the point that they had to start doing some regulations about telling them they couldn't wear high heels and this and that and the other and carry purses. So that may be why a lot of um, uh, uh, students are opting not to go, uh, perhaps. Uh, that's speculation on my part. Okay, I'm complete. You know what? That, that, that is a very interesting um, interesting point. Uh, I know because at a couple of universities, uh, Prairie View, I think it was Tennessee State, there was these, and I, I, I talked about it a little bit on the show, uh, there was these group of <laughs> men, you know, that wanted to be a part of the AKA sorority, you know. Sorority? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and so yeah, that may have something to do with it. I mean, if, oh, man, it was just something terrible. I mean, they were actually suing, you know, AKA because they wouldn't let them in. You know, I'm like, you're a boy, Damon, you're a boy. I mean, really? You know, I remember so, when you had that on your show, too, Mr. Talk. Yeah. And culture. Did did you all say anything about culture? No, my didn't. question was part. No, we, we, didn't, we didn't mention anything about culture. We had yeah, you know, part. I mean, it, I think people are more comfortable, don't you, in settings where they're familiar with the, the culture and that probably creates a more advantage uh, for a learning environment, you, you know, because you, you, there's no cultural bias for you to have to deal with, and you're fam- familiar and you're comfortable in the setting, dealing, interacting with the majority of the people that are like you. I mean, that's just normal, natural for all groups, mm-hmm. not just yep. black people. Yep. Now, the culture wasn't mentioned. It was just uh, Scalia's remark, and people, I'm sure, the um, the commenters were implying that he was prejudiced because of what he said, but when you read the the um, the entire statement. Um, it seems as though Scalia was just saying something which means that if a person doesn't or doesn't have the marks to get into a particular school, but they get in there because of affirmative action, it could mean academic trouble. Right. That's all he's saying. Right. Well, what he's saying publicly, and he, you know, hey, you know, they say one thing publicly and they say something else in private. Uh, and they write books like uh, The Bell Curve and all kind of stuff, you know. So who knows? Well, I mean, you have a point there. You couldn't be covering his ass, but at the same time, he does have the public statement, so it is on the record. That don't mean nothing. The vote's on the public record, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm done. Okay. I'll leave that alone. You leave that alone. <laughs> no, I'm not going okay. All right, let me bring, uh, I got, oh, Lord. All right, let me bring these next two callers in. All right, Triple One, welcome to the show. Who do I have here? Maze. Hey, Maze, how you doing? I'm All good, right, hold, I'm waiting my bed. <laughs> hold on for a minute. Let me get, um, bring Renee in also, okay? 
All right. Welcome to the show, Renee. How are you? Hey, Mr. Talk, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for asking. All right, uh, we're going we're gonna to let Maze go first, and then Renee, you're going to go first after Maze. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Yeah. Okay, I'll tell you the difference between HBCU and a regular school with just people. HBCU, they have mentors. Other schools, they don't have mentors. That's why some of them flunk out. And then you want to look at Tuskegee. Have some of the best whatever you want to put against anybody. Whoop them in anything that they do when it comes to medical. You take Howard University for anything that they do there. They can put tops on anybody. So Scalia was supposed to be determining about affirmative action. Had nothing to do with the conversation that came out of his lips showing what he really dealt about. So some of the lower class schools, those are schools that are recognized around the world. Compared to what she was trying to get, and she wasn't even qualified to get in there herself. And I wonder when it comes to their schools that Joe was sitting there talking about, like the, the, the HBC schools are so low that they're not even recognized. When it comes to the money, they fund all the money to the schools where they don't want the kids to go. If they fund all the other schools that way, you will have some competition, which they have competition now, but nobody don't talk about the competition that they have. You got Alabama State, you got Tuskegee, you got Howard, and you got. Uh, Spielman, uh, and all those schools, those kids come out of there. They are competition. But that's a question. Well, but that's not, that's, not the, that's not what he was saying. He wasn't he saying they him, weren't competition. I'm saying he called them a lower, a lower something school. If they were low, why are they competition? Again, if, they were, if they were that low, they couldn't even co- compete with them. No, he's not saying that the ordinary black person um, she goes to in order to a black school. Well, he, he's let saying, me see what I think Scalia said that the ordinary black person should go to a lower. I mean, coming out of their system, which they teach you anyway. No, he's saying you, he's saying a black student who is accepted by affirmative action. In other words, a black student who didn't make it because of the SAT scores. Well, because of the SAT scores, do not determine what somebody can do. Wait a minute, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Basically, what what he's trying to say is, okay, you can go to the University of Texas. You can go to Harvard, Yale, wherever. You can go wherever. You can get in, fine. But you go there and make what they call a gentleman's seat, okay, which is really flunking, basically. They're giving it to you. Or, you know, you go somewhere like a junior college or what have you, not struggle, and make an A. Well, Mr. Talk, everybody could do that, not only black people. They do it, too. So that's, yeah, what, that's what we said. That's what came out of his mouth. That's what we said. <laughs> but that's what and he said. Y'all know that's what he came out of his mouth, too, because that's why he think like him. <laughs> okay, man. He, he didn't make the comment just because he got up out of bed and felt like making it that day. There was a, there was a exactly. controversy no, about it. We know it. what's wrong with Scalia. That's why he got a controversy. That's why the that's why the law that's why the lower court threw it out because there wasn't nothing to be even looking at it in the first place. Then she's gonna bring it back again. Okay, so now now they have decided to hear it. Yeah. So they decided to hear it because some Republican yeah. brought it toward the, to brought it to the attention of doing it again, which the court should throw it out again because there's not nothing to even for her to even be bringing toward the court because she well, wasn't that, qualified to get there either. That's what Khalil okay. should have been saying. She wasn't qualified because you had people more qualified than she was. And they didn't okay. even get there. And they didn't take it to uh-huh. the court. We can't take nothing to the Supreme Court. Why you can't? Because it's going to get thrown out. 
Oh, okay. All right. Like well, thanks, Mace. All right. Thanks, Mace. All right, Renee, what you got for me? Renee? Are you there? Okay, I'm here. I'm doing okay. my 16th So I'm, I'm listening, but I wanted to um, try to chime in. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, I think it's, like, I am for um, us kind of segregating ourselves in the sense of um, practicing uh, cooperative economics, practicing group economics on every level. So that includes education. Um, so to me, I'm not very surprised by any of this. I think black people who are integrationists um, mm-hmm. may be the ones really surprised at everything that's happening and going to happen. Um, because the truth of the matter is that if they don't have to let you come, they won't. Okay? And the reason why... Uh, affirmative action, you know, why there was supposedly a need or whatever was just that reason, that they won't hire you unless they have to. They won't let you go to this school or live here or whatever if they don't have to, right? And, um, I mean, that's been shown. And so you're going to see that turn right back around. If you're talking about, like, um, I know the the, um, cases with um, dealing with the University of Texas, and the truth mm-hmm. of the matter is, like, the big state universities and other major, you know, top type of schools, to get, in, to get into those schools, you're already going to have to be in the upper echelon already. It's not as if they're just going to take any black person and say, oh, come on, you can go to this school, and you don't have the credentials, you don't have the grades, you don't have all the other things that they look for you to have to come right. to the school. So mm-hmm. that that right there is just, like, ridiculous to me. Because why are you calling out black students? Because you have white students and other people who go there who may not be up to snuff, like I heard Joe say, but they may know somebody, they have connections, or they have the money, or they have whatever. So um, I kind of think that's crazy because when they look at a black student to go there, they're not just letting anybody in. And the other thing with that is, too, well, guess what? You need to extend that to your athletes. Now, let's do that one. All those black athletes that play for those major uh, universities, that play for Texas, uh, um, University of Texas, A&M, and and um, all of these big major schools, right, the basketball players, the football players. No, Mm -hmm. y'all leave. You take your talent over to historically black colleges and universities. And you go play there. You start developing your own league, right? So if they want to they wanna step out and take down affirmative action, okay, like I said, which I'm not, I, I don't really have a problem with it because I think that's what we need to understand is going on. But for those black people who are, you know, maybe more uh, integrationist or maybe think along those lines, if you want to take away affirmative action, then, hey, you got to lose the black athletes as well. Because what you do is you let them get their grades up to where it's supposed to be. You they'll have tutors and all kinds of people doing whatever they need to do to make sure the star whoever is going to be on the court or on the field when it's time to play. But uh-huh. see, those are exceptions that can be made, um, you know, depending. But um, okay. you know, yeah. So that's pretty much where where I'm at with it. But, okay. Um, okay. 
Well, can, well, can see, say, well, hold on for a minute, man. So, see, here's okay. the thing, Renee. Uh, this young lady, she's the one who who brought up this whole thing. Now, and I thought I, I think Monday, well, Friday, last Friday, I brought up the point, and because uh, Duke head coach Mike Krzyzewski and uh, Connecticut um, basketball coach, you know, they said, you know, no, we're not for taking away affirmative action. And for those reasons that you just stated, I said the same thing. You know, when it comes to the the, the athletic part, no, they don't want to um, affirm that you're taken away. Now, this young lady, she just felt she was wrong because she felt like she could have got in if it wasn't for affirmative action. Uh, but as has been mentioned before, she didn't even qualify, number one. But, you know, she just thought it was unfair. So that's where we are. That's how we got to where we are now. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Mace. Yeah, and when you get to the HBCUs, you got white people going there just because of affirmative action, and ain't nobody trying to stop them, and nobody never took it to court. They go to those same schools that Scalia was talking about and get a degree because those schools are something. And why do you think they go into that? Why? Well, so that's why I say what. Well, why? Mace. Do they go yeah, there yeah. because they're? Do they go there because the schools are uh, uh the other schools, or do they go there to get an education? Excellent point. Well, they go there to get education. Well, you know what? I can speak to that on See, a personal level. Uh-huh. Go ahead. My um, uh, One of my best friends in college, and I, I went to an HBCU, and um, one of her roommates, she had three roommates, Two, I'm sorry, not one. Two of them. One was a white girl, and one was a Mexican girl. Mm-hmm. And they they packed it up out of there. Come Friday, I think um the 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 white girl. I think she had one class like Friday morning. She was out of there. By noon, she would go home every single weekend. She would come back Monday morning for school, and that's the same thing with the Mexican girl. Their families didn't really want them staying up there, you know, over the weekend and stuff like that, or participating. Um, they came up there. They were on scholarships. They got all kind of um, different different things that they were able to be a part of through doing that. And so it, there are, um, what Major said, you can go to, a white person can go to um, a black institution and get a scholarship and get a minority scholarship and get a full-ride scholarship and get your education and all that. But like she said, they're not looking at that. I know that's going to be a much smaller number, but, you know, I just thought that was a good point. Yeah. Oh, that definitely was a good point. I'm not saying it wasn't a good point. Now, see, and when you <laughs> – okay. So when you start looking at it like that, especially when you're talking about uh, the whites going to HBCUs, of course, HBCU is going to work on them with open arms, and this is why, because they're bringing the money with them. It's a known fact that HBCUs are in big-time financial trouble. But they are. Can so they are. They're having to, to cut, um, to, to cut, cut um, programs and things. So, yeah. But as far as this young girl right here, I, I mean, go ahead, Maze. Go ahead. Oh. You, well, my go my ahead. daughter's friend went to HBCU. Uh-huh. Right. He was white. He said he was the only one walking around, and you know why he went? Why? For affirmative action. He didn't have to pay. 
And then he married this girl from there. I mean, okay. And <laughs> so that's why some of them are going because they can go there free. Nobody told him he didn't need to be in there because of the way he looked. But he hung around with all of the people. You know, he made himself welcome, and they made him welcome. And nobody had no fear about him being there to take it to court or nowhere else because he was going there for free. He took somebody else's spot, but they did, it didn't bother anybody. So what's wrong with Scalia? <laughs> well, nothing wrong with Scalia. Uh-huh. The case was brought up. So he, up went, and he went in the county, doing the, well now, him and his wife right. and so little girls. Court. So, and your excuse, Joe, was what? So what's the excuse? I, you know, I, 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 and I'm going to say it again. I, I agree with what Scalia said. Well, I don't. I do. For that very reason. What very reason? Well, I just told you. And HBC because I got to go to a lower, uh, uh, if, if that was the case, Scalia should have been saying everybody needs to be going there. Because a lot of, it, uh, like, uh, black people, only people flunk out of college. They flunked out too. That's not the point. He's not that's saying, not saying point. all they black. They weren't prepared in high school to do those first two years. That's why they flunked out. Mace, he's not saying all black students who get accepted into white colleges should go to black colleges. He's saying that the black students who got accepted as a result of affirmative action might be better off going to a school that will teach at a particular pace at which they would understand better. Well, if they're going looking at the same people that taught them in high, in high school, they ain't going to learn nothing anyway. Because the same teachers are in the other universities that were in the same high school they had and didn't teach them nothing in the first place. But you go to an HBC school, you got a mentor, and you got somebody that's going to teach you and give you what you didn't get the other place that you left from. All right, so. Well, I think, they are more on the up, I think they are more on the upper echelon than the ones that he's talking about. Maybe they need to use them as an example of showing how a school it's should be made. Saying, it's not even implying that the HP. That the colleges well, the, are inferior. Joe, what was Scalia's purpose? What is he supposed to be? What was he supposed to be ruling on? Affirmative action, right? Not about what kind of school somebody should be going to. Okay, Maze. We shouldn't have had Maze. nothing to do with uh, the conversation. Maze, 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 Maze. Okay, don't uh-huh. you? Uh, you do know that when the Supreme Court, when they consider stuff, they give their opinions, right? Yes. Okay, so that's what he was doing, giving an opinion. Mm-hmm. But his opinion wasn't on the on the fact of what the the, the subject that he should have been giving his opinion on, because it didn't had nothing to do with us. It had to do about her getting into a school, not us, or where we should be going. Okay, okay, okay. Because okay. if he had to make a law for us to go anything, we'd probably be resegregated again. Okay, okay, all right. So, uh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know anything else? You know what? I think we're better off when we were segregated now. Well, I think what we were too. So what you talking about then? This has happened and they came in the midst of our lives and messed it up. We're going to have to deal with what we got. Okay. All right. That's the way I see it. Okay. All right. Okay. See, and, and, you know, that's why I wanted to talk about this today because I think the the perception of what he said is just wrong. You know what I mean? It's just, it got put out there, but but nobody, everybody just looking at what he the words that he said, but nobody's actually thinking about the, 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 the about what he's actually saying. Yeah, Maze, what he's actually saying. Hey, Mays, what about the? Were you? I'm sure you were. Were you listening when uh, we were talking about the guy, the the Good Samaritan? Could you say, Joe? Uh, I'm listening. Uh, were you listening before when we were talking about the uh, the guy who was the Good Samaritan? Yes, I was. 
Okay. Then what's your opinion about the guy that shot the gunman? I wouldn't have wanted to have been him. You wouldn't have wanted to have been No, because it would have been like, Mr. Talk, Mr. Talk in the store, you in the store, he would be in a good Samaritan. Who you think? And uh, cops would have came, and Mr. Mr. Talk was a good Samaritan, but you was dead. Who you think the cops are going to come get? That's not a good idea, and that's not a great thing. Just because he so, had a gun. the cops was if the good Samaritan died at the hands of the gunman, the cops would still go after the gunman like they would have done anyway. It. You didn't get what I said, Joe. No, I you're said, right. Talking, you were in the store. Yeah. He was the one that saving the people. Right. But you were shot. They ain't gonna come looking at who was shot. They gonna come looking at him. And he was a good Samaritan. That's why. Don't need guns. See, I said you wouldn't. I told you. You would say no guns would have been necessary at all in that situation. Wow. Uh And another reason no gun wouldn't have been necessary, because if you point a gun at the man, Uh and the one that you shot, and he pointed at somebody else, what was going to happen? When the one that got shot, that was the, the bad person, and and, his, and you shot him, and, his, and the trigger went off. What was going to do? Shoot the person he was pointing. Well, what could have happened if a cop? It'd been two dead people. So what? That's why that's what that's not. How, that's why I know you say so what. Yeah. Only people that think like that, that the one that want to kill and destroy. Just so the good Samaritan wanted nobody. wanted to just kill and destroy, as yes. opposed to just defending himself. You can defend yourself without killing somebody. You can. Did the person have to die just because you got a weapon? So, in other words, he should have taken the time to shoot the guy in the leg as opposed to just shooting him in the chest five times. Whatever, Joe. I say we don't think the same way about nothing. I know, Mason. I wouldn't want to take nobody's life with you. I don't want to take anybody's life. All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> you have no weapon, we'll give you the opportunity no, to do no, that. No, 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 no. We, we, we ain't going to go there. We, we, we ain't going to go in there, all right? Um, East Coast said, Mr. Talk, the real issue is Justice Scalia's mentality. He represents the problems of the world, his thinking. He knew what he was saying and chose his words carefully. He's a lawyer. Okay. So am I, So what you're trying to say, East Coast, am I uh, reading more into giving him a way out than what he, he really meant? So did he mean black black people? You know that's what it sounds like. Well, thank you, Mays. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to tell you probably more lies. <laughs> oh, Mays. So, Look at all the cases so, that came up for him. What about him? What has he done? What is it that what is it that Scalia said that is uh, hard to understand? Everything he do. Every, no, I'm talking about this particular. <laughs> what has Scalia done to help this country? Tell me the case that he done to make that he has done to help make a change. Well, I don't know what any particular case that is. What has done? I mean, if you're gonna say what has any of them done? did a lot. Who? We talking about the ones that don't. We talking about the ones that did a lot. No, we talking about the ones that did. Come to now, present. We talking about the justice sitting there now. We ain't talking. They're trying to change. They're trying to change. I mean, what are they doing? None of them are doing nothing. They're declaring summer. Oh. Really? What have they done? Oh, did you begin to... Thurgood Marshall? Thurgood Marshall had nothing to do with the LGBT, did he? 
Well, they were, they did for the LGBT. They did. They went. That's what they did. They blamed on the president, but the Supreme Court did it. <laughs> Didn't they? Oh, okay. Did you hear about the LGBT? They now have added something like four or five uh, extra initials to that to that acronym. Something like LGBT A A A I T T U S. Well, I don't care what they are. They ain't my business. They, they're becoming the alphabet. Ain't bother me. Ain't bother me. No. They're becoming the alphabet now. If they become mm-hmm. the green people, whatever. Mays, Mays. Huh? What? Let me ask you a question. What's that? What you drinking? I don't drink. Oh, okay. You want to you want to start? No, I don't. Oh, okay. So you want to try to convince me to start? Oh, what means? Oh Lord, have mercy. Okay. <laughs> All right. Unfortunately, y'all, we will have to end the show um, a little early. I got to take my child to the doctor. He done broke his arm. <laughs> and you sitting on here talking? You're damn right. So I'm sitting on here talking. <laughs> he broke his arm <laughs> and you got to take him to the doctor? <laughs> well, you well, know, he's okay. not, hanging at, the, I'm not hanging at the elbow. I'm sure it's in a cast. <laughs> uh, Maze, mind yours, okay? Mind yours. That's what I said. All I right. said I was going to leave that alone. That means I'm mad yeah. mad. Mind yours. All right. Mind yours. All right, y'all. I got to get up out of here. So I'll see everybody Friday. And, uh, yeah, we're going to have to continue this conversation right here. All right. Yeah, and explain so, yourself. Oh, Whatever. All right. Anyway, so y'all have a good one. And I'm out of here. Peace. <laughs>